So today we are sitting down with successful business owners in the city of Chicago. And I am so excited to talk to our next guest. His name is Joshua Marin. He is the owner of Fix Your Kicks. So Joshua, welcome. Nice to meet you for sure. Well, it's a pleasure. You know, as a real loyal consumer of shoe products, I will tell you, I'm very excited to talk to you. I'm not suggesting that women are into shoes, but I certainly am. And I think you have a fantastic story. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about who you are, Joshua. I think you're a young entrepreneur. Uh, definitely. Um, among <laughs> our youngest. So yeah. why don't you just tell us a little bit about who Joshua Marin is. I'm 22. I own Fixture Kicks. I started this company when I was 19. People always ask me how did I get into fixing shoes. Uh, my father uh, taught me how to fix shoes as long as my grandfather with my uncles. My father has a shop here in downtown. He used to have a couple locations as well, but due to some incidents, he had to close them down uh, where his lease had ended and then they sold the buildings and stuff. So being in the business is always difficult. I opened up Fixture Kicks when I was 19, and then I've just been pushing forward since then. I've been fixing shoes uh, since I was like seven years old in my father's shop. In high school as well, I would uh, fix my friend's shoes. They would always be like, hey, you know, you work at a shoe repair. You, can you clean my shoes or something? And I'm like, yeah, man, that's, what I, that's, that's typically my job because at that age, I didn't like qualify as much to re repair like hands-on like with cobbler things with my father would be extra careful with so he would like just give me the easier jobs which were like shining uh washing suede or like just conditioning bags jackets refurbishing them that's how I kind of like got into the shoe repair business which is you know started off with the basics so you talked a little bit about your dad having a couple businesses what were the names of those businesses and uh, uh, how long was he in business he was in business for about 17 years uh he used to be called uh, sandbrick shoe repair i used to be on north avenue and clark okay. uh, so that's where i spent my most of my time around old town around the gold coast uh, -huh. uh i would always take the clark bus from elementary school seventh to eighth grade i would always hop on the bus after school and come help out my dad how old were you then i was well, 13 years old when I first started to actually like be like okay this is you know my father makes a living off this I under I understood money and time and uh kind of that's how I kept so you were an intern in your father's <laughs> exactly. shop yeah yeah. yeah I was an intern there that's what I would call it <laughs> <laughs> you're an intern that's great in high school is when I kind of started to bring my own shoes into the shop and my father was like okay you know if you're gonna do your things, you know, kind of get your own supplies. So it's like, okay, I kind of would go to the supply store with my father and be like, I got my money, I'm gonna get this, I'm gonna get that, because I would know what I would need. When I first started as well, I looked at a lot of YouTube videos. I feel like a lot of information is on the internet that people can receive and uh, kind of messed around with my own shoes before I started working on you know, my client's shoes. So. I started from there, and then I was like, you know, hey, I can make a living off this. So okay. uh, I went into my sophomore year. I got a job at Rad Vintage. It's a vintage shop where they sell clothing, and they so wait, you were you were already working with your dad, and you got this side job. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I, I was with my father, I'd say, as an intern for sure, and then I had I got a part time, uh, two days a week at Rad Vintage. That's where I would work. 
and he would thrift stuff there and he would resell it. I saw he was making you know good money off of it and he would always tell me uh, how much his profits would be, how much he spent. I would be there at his shop taking off the thrift tags and seeing how much he would resell them for. So it made me really curious to see what else I could find myself. So and, okay. I, and I was into shoes, so I was like, hey, you know, I'm gonna just see if I can find any shoes. And sometimes I- Through I, the I, thrift I, store? Through the thrift store, correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so I, I would go to the thrift stores and spend time there, hours just looking to see, because people hide things sometimes when they want to come back get a half off or so. You right. really have to kind of dig into the thrift stores and you never know what you're yeah, going to find. Yeah, there's this whole, there, you mean there's this whole behavior and pattern of how you shop at thrift stores that you were like definitely yeah, becoming an expert at? Yeah, there's different times as well that you have to go to a thrift store because that's when they push the good things out, like the new stock. So you always have to go around noonish, you know, don't go too late because then everything's all wiped out. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I found a couple pairs of, of shoes. I, I looked them up and I'm like, hey, you know, I, I can resell these Jordans, these Nikes, or these Adidas, and I can make money off it. So once I gained my knowledge of like fixing shoes, of restoring them and reselling them, I also got into clothing, which I would, you know, see as well from Rad Vintage. So I would buy clothing and shoes and I would resell them. So let me get this right. Mm -hmm. So you were on the bus at 13 doing your internship at your dad's. Then you started getting clients early on in high school. So some of the students that you were in school with, you started to repair their shoes. But then you also had a side job at this vintage place yeah, where, you, vintage. where you not only worked, but you kind of like started to think, hey, I can continue to add to my craft and business learning from this vintage place. Absolutely. So let me ask you this. So I have all kinds of shoes, some <laughs> which are really old, some which are kind of dirty and, you know, but I, I love those shoes, but they're old and kind of dingy. You mean you could take my old shoes that I'm still love, but they look not so new anymore and people are like, she should get new shoes. You can <laughs> take those shoes and make them new again? Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, definitely. It all depends on which, which kind of shoes you bring me in. Uh, if your shoes are like totally trashed, where uh, they're like, kind of falling apart, I'm gonna be real honest with you and I, I might suggest you buying some new shoes. Uh, I feel like that's a real important part of my trade is being honest completely with the customers and telling them like, hey, this is worth getting repaired. This is how much it's gonna cost you. Uh, it's worth the investment, your leather is still good or it's if it's too far gone, you have to be straight up with them and tell them it's not worth it because if they invest their money in their quality shoes and if they're not gonna last them more than the season, there's no point of repairing them. Anything with like shoes, bags, and purses with like leather. Wait a minute, you also fix bags? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Purses? Absolutely. All my, you mean my purses at the zipper broke? Oh, oh, brands, that yes. are really beautiful purses, but something broke, I can take them in and you can fix them too? Yeah, absolutely, even a, even a buckle or rivet, a slider, anything that's wrong with your bags or anything with like a leather good, we, we can we can repair uh, besides shoes. My father was a craftsmanship, he really wanted to start making shoes but he didn't get all the way into it so I'm not making the shoes yet but my grandfather makes shoes so okay I've seen it but I haven't done it so I, I know how a shoe is supposed to be I'll tell you what's wrong with it what does it need did you mess up this part but yeah anything with shoes leather should repair so let's complete this story so then your father is no longer in business uh, right and so then how did you then because I'm assuming you have your brick and mortar, right? You have a brick and mortar. <laughs> yes. I've seen it. It's pretty cool. Yes. 
Fix Your Kicks becomes its own concept at what point? How do you go from working your father's stores, working in thrift, to now having your own brick and mortar shop and building your own business? So when I was working at Rad Vintage and I was working at my father's shop, I didn't quite have the excellence that I wanted to present out to the world, which was in working with like sneakers. I wasn't an expert yet. So what I did is I, I looked for a job of where they fixed Jordans and they were one of the most coming up shops in Chicago, which is uh, called Red Star Cobbler. So I worked at another cobbler shop before I started my own, which was besides working with my father, before I started my own company. I worked there for about six months. I was an intern there, gained experience. I appreciate Red Star so much because they taught me a lot. So okay. yeah, I, I worked at a co another cobbler shop. Then I opened up Fix Your Kicks because I was like, hey, you know, that, this is it. I'm at my greatest point right now. I can do this on my own. I was in different shops for over like nine years, so I knew how shops would work. So. And we're talking nine years, counting back to when you were like in your teens. Correct. Okay, because yes, you're only yes. 22. Yeah, I so, mean, yeah so. with, my, with my father, yes, <laughs> okay. absolutely. So like so from, my, from nine years and understanding how the shop worked, I figured it was it was my, my turn to kind of put my twist in it and open up Fixture Kicks. I actually had told a, a co-worker there, you know, hey, I'm going to open up Fixture Kicks. And he kind of laughed at me. And he's all like, man, that's not going to work. People are not going to know you fix like regular shoes and stuff because it has kicks in it. But I was like, I'm going to just push my ideas and keep on going from there. And uh, I'm here today. So thank God, of course. Absolutely. That is awesome. Because, you know, most business owners that are told like, oh, the fact that you have that tenacity and that passion for what you do, I think that's great. Where is your shop? And how did that come about? How did you like say, yeah, this is the place. Tell us a little bit more about so, that. So uh, my first shop is uh, near my house. I wanted to stay local, somewhere where I was already comfortable in. It was in the north side of Chicago. It's in uh, Lincoln Square. It's on mm -hmm. Western and uh, Wilson. It's 4542 Northwestern. Okay. So I opened up that shop. I was able to get a sublease. It was real difficult for me to get an actual lease. If, okay. Because I was so young and I didn't have quite much of a credit. And, you know, uh, these landlords were real, there were older people and they would look at me and be like, you're not probably not going to pay the rent on time. I'm not going to give you this place. So I got rejected a couple times, a couple places, until I was able to get a, a sublease to a place where I am right now, near my house. I went for it and I was like, let's see how this goes through. And I opened up my first shop. From there, everything went great. Uh, people were realizing that I was young and I was actually doing uh, craftsmanship. And I started to bring attention, my name as well. And then the inside of my shop was it's real welcoming. You know, it's 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 comfortable for people to come into my shop and be like, wow, I, I didn't know a place like this exists. And it's real difficult to find cobblers nowadays. Uh, it's a dying trade. Right, right. And I think this is what is so interesting. You're very young and here's this old trade that you're right it's kind of like a dying trade and you know it nowadays people are like oh something is not as new let me throw it out and let me go buy something new i think this whole recycling but renovation of a product that you're uh, kind of near and dear to all my shoes i'm very near and dear to them by the way uh, but i think it's great i also find it very interesting tell us a little bit more being a young entrepreneur it looks like there are some challenges Absolutely. that are there and how do you overcome them so the whole issue with your lease and just uh people thinking that you're not a serious entrepreneur what drives you and what advice do you have for other young entrepreneurs that are interested in entering into any trade and wanting to do it 
just hustling and, and stay motivated even if you may fall. It's something I tell myself every time, I, you know, there's like that phrase where you're stuck in the mud. And it's like, remember, like a sea started in the mud. So, you know, you always have to be patient with whatever you do and then just keep keep on feeding that seed and watch it grow. If you keep that mentality, okay, I want to do this, I want to do that. But if you're not actually putting in the work, then that kind of faith that you have of doing something is not going to exist in this real world. Mm -hmm. uh, so if you have something in your mind and if you want to create it and if you want to invest your full potential in it, then so be it. And then watch what will happen. It's God blessing that, you know, my business has grown. Uh, so they saw I was real young and, you know, people were like coming into the shop. And then I got a couple of news reporters trying to, trying to get me uh, to expose my shop. And I was like... I, I, okay, I was like, all right. I was, I was like, all right. I guess I'm gonna be on the news or something. Gave then, you a little bit of marketing. Yeah, there. Gave, gave gave me a push. So ever since my first like news report or something like that, like an article about me, and I don't say everyone knows who I am, but like everybody in the neighborhood knew well, who I was. I didn't was. know who you are, but yeah. now I do. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, very yeah. interested in your story because I think we have so many. Well, a couple of things with your story that I think it's great. One that you're a young entrepreneur and that you're kicking it, right? Mm, you're making you. it happen. The other thing is that I. I think it's so important to continue to support entrepreneurship and and people's dreams. The fact that you're young and you're into this really what appears to be an old you know trade. I think there's a lot of need for it, and I think that you have a unique skill that is much needed. And so I think it's it's great that that you're doing it. I think the fact that you mentioned that your grandfather, your father, and now you're like the third generation in. Yes. So I think it's wonderful. So tell me, as we talk about evolution and taking this craft that you've learned from as a child, how do you go forward? You have to compete with online services. You have to compete with other businesses. How do you stay relevant? I try to see what's new and what's coming out to see what type of shoes people would be interested in. I do get a lot of people bringing me shoes that they can't afford because the resale price of that shoe is too high. So they would buy a, like Give me a, an example. They would buy a plain shoe and bring it to me to customize this shoe to make it look like the one that they want. That goes so they would spend like half of the price of their resource shoe to get the shoe that they want, just so I can customize it. And you're able to do that. Uh, yeah, I'm able to do it at a lower cost. Correct. So then if the, it's a two hundred dollar shoe, I pay fifty dollars. I say, hey, can you make it look like that two hundred dollar shoe for a small yeah, like or somewhat seventy five bucks? Price. Yes, absolutely. And then you grab it. But nowadays shoes they retail at like two hundred dollars, and then they resell for like around four or five. So it all depends on what shoe. But the resale game, which is in sneakers, is tremendous. People make a living off sneakers um, people wear shoes every day but what you would call you know, these teenagers that they focused on a lot of new releases and what these artists are wearing so they can have it themselves and appeal to them but I always tell my customers to wear what you feel is comfortable and wear what you like you're on your shoes throughout the whole day and you need to be comfortable and if you're killing your shoes then you're gonna hurt yourself you know so, so you always need to stay comfortable in whatever you wear I always make that clear because I get kids bringing me shoes that they're like oh I bought them but they're too big and I still want them and then I have to adjust them to them but uh, it's just what, what's so in the market. So you can literally reconstruct shoes and uh, shorten them and make Adjust them bigger them, and make them different. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of like shoe lifts as well, orthopedic work, where people will bring me uh, their shoes and they would have hip surgery and I would have to add one inch or two inch lift on that single shoe. Uh, that's very common as well. I also mm -hmm. provide that service uh, in the shoe repair business. Yeah, orthopedic work, kind of everything that a cobbler would do. <laughs> okay, that's great. So tell me about the growth of your business. What What's new for you? Do you have other employees and yeah, are you moving to other locations? Yeah, from like growing 
as like from one shop to multiple, I was very blessed and very honored to, but it's came with a lot of sacrifices and it's came with a lot of emotion where, you know, you can't let friendship and business get in between and just making sacrifices. They don't sell a lot of the machines that I use locally. You can buy them online, but you're going to spend like 5000 to like $16,000 on new equipment. Mm-hmm. So it's real like challenging to find good equipment to fix shoes, which okay. is kind of why I think it's a dying trade as well. I had to make a couple trips to uh, St. Louis, around Missouri, closer to the s- southern Illinois, Ohio, I to went to Cincinnati equipment. to buy equipment. I had to rent Penske trucks and uh, take friends with me to go buy the equipment, mm-hmm. which I couldn't afford new one because it's really expensive. So I was able to get good deals on like Craigslist and I was always just, just searching, searching and I was able to get the equipment I have now, so that's what made me open up a lot of shops. Uh, How many shops do you have today? Uh, we have five locations throughout uh, the north side of Chicago. We're in Old Town, Lincoln Square, Edgewater, and Lakeview. Mm-hmm. How and many north employees Center. do you have? Uh, about eight, but a couple of interns. You know, it's real complicated when you're, you're hiring people, especially especially with fixing shoes, because I've had to let go of some people that you know. You don't want to ruin your name, so they would do a job for you, and then it's not the best, and then the customer is not too satisfied. So once you get like to a certain level, where like, hey, you know, you're not you're not pushing the quality of work that I expect, I'm gonna have to let you go. You know, it's real challenging to find good hard workers. My boss used to tell me too, like, I wish I could get multiples of you because I was a real hard worker, and then I and I feel the same way now because like I'm in a situation where like. I need help, but who can I rely to help on? So it's it's real challenging. You have to teach them specific ways, specific skills on mm-hmm. what different quality shoes come in, where there's like new bug suede, leather. So it's, it always comes with, with challenges. Like I mentioned as well, you can't let your friendships get in between your business. And same thing with family. You can't let your family get in between your business. Uh, so running my businesses and my shops, it allows me to be comfortable the way I want to do it, the way Fix Your Kicks, mm-hmm. a shoe repair shop should be. Right. Uh, so it's just been flowing like that and it's it's going great i've also been able to work with agencies and different brands as well i've worked with uh, adidas and i've worked with nike before that's kind of like how i stay around the loop of like in chicago you know people know who i am you know i've you know just done like free sneaker cleanings with like adidas for like six months i did and then um uh, nike's gonna release a video about me soon so uh, it's just going Uh, it's, it's just working hard and people making sacrifices. So one of the things that I think is interesting just in terms of dying trades, and I think you're talking about some of the challenges of staying in a very unique industry. I think the service industry where there is a specialty that is needed and it's no longer there, I think it's it's something that we as government and, and schools and trade schools, for example, are so critical. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and there's an important element here. Oh, definitely. I feel like schools nowadays, they lack on teaching hands-on skills that they would teach in the past that are required, like, you know, just mandatory for you to know, like, how to, like, sew a button on or how to just stitch something up real quick or just gluing something back together. I was always around glue, so I've always, like, try to create my own things at the shop so just being creative with what is like given to you so i feel like if more schools give more opportunities to kids being more creative as they do when they're kids mm-hmm. as they do when they're teenagers because they're trying to figure out who they are i feel like that would be real great for them and for anybody like that knows a high school kid or that 
if you're, you're a high school kid, uh, I recommend you doing uh, real good in high school and you staying on top of your grades, on top of your GPA, getting your assignments done on time and n not to slack around and not, not to joke around with your friends. I mean, yes, there is an extinct, you know, where your friends and you're comfortable with them and stuff, but to always focus on yourself in mm -hmm. high school. I didn't quite do that myself, so okay. I've learned from my mistakes, and I try to push my sister to, uh, she's in, she's a freshman in high school this year, so so I tell her to stay on track of her stuff, because colleges don't play with your grades, and if you do really good in high school, the college would be a piece of pie for you, you know. Yeah. Uh, they'll have you come into the school, like colleges will even pay you to study, and you won't have to pay out of pocket. I feel like nowadays, a lot of kids are taking out loans, and they, they can't afford college just because they didn't do it too well in high school. Mm -hmm. So if, if you set yourself up a good foundation when you're, you're, you're studying, yeah. it's going to lead you to grow and it's going to cost you less. So, yeah. you know, everybody wants to save money. If you want to save money, do well in high school, you know, do well in college. It's going to be difficult, but it's going to be so smooth. Uh, yeah, know? into the future. It, it paves your future and, and makes it easier. There's just so many questions that I have. In terms of just the, the social media aspects, my understanding that you're also using social media for folks to they want to send your, their shoes in you fix them and then you deliver them so you're a little bit of like the Amazon <laughs> of the shoe repair yeah. and restoration huh? yeah if people want me to uh, pick up multiple shoes since we've expanded people have been coming into us and like we we're like kind of local like each neighborhood should have a, a, a shoe repair shop or like a cobbler shop it, like it, there used to be a lot of them a lot of shoe repairs everybody tells me you know hey there used to be a bunch of you guys like, that fix shoes it used to be like a cleaners you know, there's, there's a lot a lot of cleaners on like every other corner it's real difficult for people to find a shoe repair shop someone that knows what they're doing and that can actually see because a lot of cobblers are real old and they don't see as well and they mm -hmm. don't have the passion for it as they used to well it looks like i think uh, just based on what you're saying is maybe that we need to start thinking about you know these trades and the importance of these trades and the training oh yeah absolutely you know? yeah hopefully one day you know i can do do something with, with the city and uh, kind of motivate you know kids to do more hands-on things i don't promote spending too much time on social media because it's just a waste of time. Uh, yeah. a, a specific time that you can have on it is okay. Uh, to be on it is okay. But time management is real important. So do what you want to do because a lot of people always ask me, how do you have so many shops? Like, well, how do you do it? What's your business? And, uh, and that's what I kind of tell them. Like, well, all right, you want to open up a shop. You want to open up a business. You want to do this. You want to do that. All right, but what are you going to sell? What are you going to provide that no one else does? So you have to sell your trade. You know, you, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to start doing this. I'm yeah, and I that. think I think people see you at 22 and think like, oh, if he's got all these shops, I can I can start. But you, based on your story, you've been <laughs> learning this since 13. So let me ask you uh, to the question of what does it take uh, at your young, tender age to grow and to start and have a smart business or to be a smart business? What is a, a key of advice that you would have? Uh, responsibility is real important. Getting stuff done on time, especially with your clients, just to acknowledge that everybody's a person. So always treat everyone fair. A lot of businesses try to take advantage of people. Uh, so be honest and be loyal with the people who support you because they're going to return back to you. You know, that's something that people should acknowledge is to always be fair with others. That's wonderful. Do you have on-the-job training? And is your sister going to come work for you too? Uh, she she <laughs> asked me, but I've told her to focus on school. I told her that to focus 
with herself and you know to get them A's. A B is okay for me. A C was okay. Even 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 <laughs> the D. But for your sister, the A is what <laughs> is the goal. It has to be. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I do plan on opening a workshop for kids soon. It's just real challenging right now. I'm working on my time management since I have uh, shops and I'm always running around and doing things on the spot for clients that would need it. But once I get someone that I can kind of trust to run the shops, then it's going to open up more more doors for everybody, of well, course. Well, you need to train somebody to, Correct. <laughs> to to carry the load. Joshua, it's been wonderful. When is your video coming out, uh, the Nike video? Uh, I believe it's going to come out today. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. They're going to release it today. They told me the 6th. Um, so... So I'm, let I'm us really know ex- so we can uh, tag it on social media. For sure, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited, definitely. I made a lot of sacrifices, and I'm here now. It's and, when and I got is- when I got a call from you guys from you know from City Hall. I was definitely I'm I'm down. A lot of people try to interview me, and you know they they want to recompense me for my money, and and I turn people down sometimes because of the way that they see me as a kid. No, I'll tell you that this podcast is about supporting business owners. It's about allowing entrepreneurs to tell their story, because we want other entrepreneurs to know the gains and the pains of starting and growing a business. And I think you are a young entrepreneur. You have a great story to tell. And I believe in nurturing uh, people's dreams. And sometimes they come at a very young age. Yeah, yeah, thank you. It means a lot. And also anybody wanting to start their business, I feel like they should really read a lot of like books and read a lot online, especially how taxes work and about, because when I was in, in high school, they didn't teach me a lot about taxes. Mm. Uh, and they didn't teach me a lot about how to run a business or nothing like that. That was all like on myself. I didn't go to college. I don't have no college degree. I only have a high school diploma. And, and then people be like, oh, well, how do you know this? How do you know that? And like all the information is out in the world for you to right. grab. It's just up to you. you. You seek it. And if you ever need help, seek the help. When I was struggling, I was like, mom, I... I need your help at my sh- at the shop, you know. <laughs> my mom's like, "All right, I'll, I'll help you out." So it's like, oh, people you, you can rely on and you can trust. Make sure you always keep them around and make sure they're always happy. Uh, but yeah, just seek out help when if it's yeah, there. Don't make your mother yeah. angry because yeah, if no, you make absolutely. your mother angry, <laughs> that's it. No, but yeah. also, I think on this point, just so you know, Joshua, and and we welcome you anytime. We hold over a hundred free workshops on everything related to business here at the department. So anyone that's listening to you right now, you're right. You're not going to learn everything that's out there, but we provide the free workshops on taxes, on licensing, on media, Fantastic. so that business owners who don't you know, have the, the money to support uh, training mm-hmm. or that they need just a real quick refresher, they can come to our free workshops. We hold them twice a week here at the city. And so we welcome you back. But anyone that's listening that wants that help, they should not do it alone. Absolutely. There's a, you'll find a lot of other uh, individuals in our workshops that are going through the exact same thing. They just want to know how to do their taxes or what insurance should I buy or how do I do my payroll? Those are the kinds of things that are not real sexy. Mm-hmm. But guess what? It's very needed. It's yes. much needed, right, mm-hmm. when you're running a business. Absolutely. So. Yes. Their headaches you want to get rid of and you know you have to always be prepared for for anything that you know bumps in your way as a small business especially uh, because a small business is more like a family business because that's kind of what it is it's not like a big corporation where just the worker is going to handle that headache it's emotional like what kind of goes out your work that you present to the customer so yeah you care you yeah, care, you care. About exactly it's like yeah. it's like yeah, you're feeling towards like your work that you do and the communication and the relationship you have with your clients 
Well, Joshua, I want to congratulate you. I think having a business is a really tough job, and I think the fact that you've done five and that you're really thriving and that you really care speaks volumes. And I think that that is the type of entrepreneur that really believes in what they do, that despite maybe the bumps in the road, you're continuing to go forward and you're making your for your kicks business work. So let's kick some behind and keep it going. Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. I it and so thank you much. for coming. Mm-hmm. My pleasure. Thank you everyone. So before we go, Joshua, could you just tell people how they can find you, where they can locate you? Yeah, they can uh, find me on my website, fixyourkickschi.com or on my Instagram page, uh, fixyourkickschi. Fix your kick, CHI. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Awesome. Well, don't forget to go to his website. Pretty, and there's, you're on YouTube. Uh, there's a couple of YouTubes out there. Oh, yeah, I am, well. I am starting a YouTube series, uh, 2020. I set out the introduction today out on YouTube. So, I'm going to start a little YouTube series. So, on what? Fix your kicks. On oh, Fix Your Kicks, wonderful. so it's going to be, uh, yeah, look me up and subscribe, Fix Your Kicks. Yeah, hey, you got to you gotta uh, build the future of uh, shoe repair yeah, and yeah, restoration. I w- yeah, I want to expose myself to uh, the whole world. You know? <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. No, congratulations. And hey, you're not missing a minute here of uh, growing your business. So thank you so much to our listeners. As always, you can get more information by visiting our website at chicago.gov slash BACP. You can also find us on social media, Chicago BACP. And if you have questions for our, you know, podcast or about our podcast, use hashtag BACP inbox. Our guests will always have the uh, valuable information to share. So please join us next time and uh, follow us on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you.